I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that is very, very close to my heart. This is all about the kinds of emotional abuse that men go through in relationships. You know, we're so used to hearing the word abuse when it comes to relationships. We've seen people talk about physical abuse, violence, etc. But there is something called emotional abuse. And I had no clue about this for the longest time, even when I was in a relationship where emotional abuse was taking place. This is because there are no scars that we can see. There is no physical signs of anybody harming the other person. It is done in such a subtle manner. It is done in a way that you can't even imagine. And this is especially important because I know a, a number of our male listeners also go through something similar like this. I've had people write into me saying, what should I be doing? So today we have a very special guest with us, Yoshita Dave, And she's going to take us through how she counsels and talks to people in going through a situation very, very similar to this. Yoshita, welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Ashton. And it's a wonderful uh, afternoon here today. And I'm very happy to be here as a guest, finally on your show. Finally. After knowing you online, online for one year <laughs> and following you, you on Instagram. Thank you. You know, because we connected, especially over these topics, I was talking about sexual wellness at that point of time on Instagram. And, um, and you coach and you counsel people on that. Just tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. What is it that you do? Okay, fine. So I've been an educationist. I started my career in the field of education. I had my own play school and nursery. Then I got into the corporate training field. And side by side, psychology was always my passion. And I have done psychology. Uh, I have graduated from Mithibai College with BA Psychology Honours. And post that, I did something called ECC, that is Early Childhood Care and Education. And of course, then I was working as a school teacher. I had my own play school and nursery. I did corporate training. I did um, speech and drama communication with Helen O'Grady. And then I was working with a, a corporate company called Hero Mind Minds, where I was teaching people in different levels of spoken English and as well as uh, uh, soft skills and etiquette and things like that. Of course, side by side, I was learning different types of therapies like REBT, CBT, mental health first aid, and of course, the absolute burning topic, sex and sexual wellness. So I was very, very uh, blessed and really very, uh, what do I say? I was really honored to be trained by Dr. Watsa, the very famous uh, expert. And of course, he was a gynecologist to start with. And then he became a very famous sexologist. And uh, I got not only trained by him, but I was working under him also several years before he passed away. And there are a lot of people who are requesting me to take over his column for Mumbai Mirror and other wow. places as well. Yes. You should, because he taught us so much. I remember reading his column so often so, and so fondly back in school, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think he started, you know, coincidentally, Ashton, when the uh, paper started Mumbai Mirror, that's when Dr. Vatsa started his column. And when Mumbai Mirror faded out, that's when Dr. Vatsa passed away. Oh, wow. such a coincidence, yeah. The birth and death yeah, of the paper absolutely. and of course the column. Absolutely. It's, it's an amazing coincidence. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so today I would like to talk about the topic about male emotional abuse. I am surprisingly getting many cases, especially during lockdown. And, uh, you know, it's always about women, but it's not just gender specific. 
both the genders are suffering to a certain extent. So, it's, but we've always, you know, we've always highlighted issues about women, feminism, and things like that. But it's not so. Even men are equally getting harassed. Although, of course, there's not much of physical abuse as such, but that emotional abuse is worse than physical abuse. So I can just tell you by, you know, uh, certain examples of certain cases that have come to my clinic. Of course, I will not be revealing their identity. Mm -hmm. That is totally unethical. But uh, I'll just give you certain examples of certain cases that have come to light, you know, the cases with which I've worked with. So Nushita, do you want to explain what emotional abuse is first or do you want to explain it through the example? I'll explain it through the example. I think Perfect. that would be a better way for people to connect with. And that's where, you know, they could probably also, if God forbid, if they are going through something similar, they could connect and they could probably seek help from either one of us. Absolutely. Yeah. So whatever their comfort factors. Most important is that we psychologists and we coaches and trainers and mentors we are working in a non-judgmental space mm. and a safe space. So people have to feel very safe and comfortable and confident to share their woes because this is something that has been built up over the years. It's not something that has just happened today. It's mm. just that now in the lockdown that we are locked up in our houses, we are socially isolated. That's when all these problems come to light. So for example, I'll start with my first example. Uh, there was this uh, gentleman who came to me, a middle-aged gentleman, uh, around 55 plus. He came to me for, uh, you know, he was just feeling very disoriented. He was not feeling focused on his career. And of course, he had lost out on several jobs. And even any job offer that was coming to him, he was just not feeling motivated to take up that particular job offer. So, uh, of course, in the first session itself, I could not make out what was happening with him. But after two, three sessions, I realized that he was having some problem and compatibility issues with his partner, his wife of 25 years. And that's when it came, actually, I think almost in the third session, it came to light that he was avoiding conflicts. He was avoiding conflicts, not only in his personal space, but he was avoiding conflicts. That thing had carried on to his uh, professional life as well. So he was avoiding conflicts. So I kept on probing, why, why? And that's when he came out that, you know what, I avoid conflicts at home with my wife. My wife is like, you know, she's controlling me in every aspect with whom I talk to, with whom I socialize, what I may wear, what I may do, what I may eat, every possible thing in every sphere. That's when, you know, he was feeling suffocated. And this thing came more to light when he was stuck at home. Because all this while, you know, it was being pushed under the carpet, under the carpet, but that carpet was going bigger and bigger and bigger, which he didn't realize. It's just when he sat back, he thought about it, he started talking about it. That's when he realized that this was a particular issue. So, of course, you just cannot immediately tell him, leave your wife, get lost. No, that's not happening. They've been married for so many years and they've got kids together. So, definitely, you know, step by step, you start with, you know, uh, writing. Writing helps immensely. So you start with what are your triggers, where, which areas uh, trigger you, you know, especially by the wife, where she might be telling, don't do this, don't do that, don't call up this person, do this, go to the market, um, you know, search for a job, that kind of thing. So, you know, someone telling you uh, every time what to do and how to do, I don't think any one of us would like that. It is a kind of abuse. Someone was trying to control you like a robot. It's just not happening. So I told him to just sit down 
and write. That was the main thing. And of course, how he would communicate, you know, what is upsetting him in a very loving and kind manner, rather than being defensive, being offensive, being abusive, you know, giving back the abuse, maybe verbally or maybe physically. That's not happening. So uh, that's how slowly but steadily he did try to work things out. Main factor was communication as well. A lot of couples, whether it's a male abuse or a female abuse, but there is communication gap. There is a block. There's a fear. The fear is the biggest factor. So I always tell them that, please look at fear in the eye. What's the worst that's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing as such. At the most, that partner will not speak to you for a few days. Okay. That's not a bad thing. In fact, I think it's a peace of mind you'll get. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Yeah. Or probably give them some BDSM thing. So yeah. yeah, I forgot to I forgot to include in my introduction. I am in panel as a sexual wellness expert with uh, India's first wellness uh, sexual wellness uh, organization called Gizmoswala. They are an online company. I'm sorry, I forgot to put that in my introduction. No, perfect. Which is why the BDSM aspect came into this. But you know, Yoshida, when this kind of an emotional abuse is happening, it is so hard for a man to understand what is going on. Right? Exactly. Because in our mind, nobody has ever spoken to us that such a thing can exist. I remember when I was in that relationship, I was told you can't go to the toilet right now. You can't be doing this right. Are you stupid? What sort of a person does something like this? You know, it was a continuous barrage of these kinds of comments. And nobody right. und- explains that this is actually something that is not normal. You know, possibly the man who had come to you did not believe that this was not normal. He thought this was normal, but he could not cope with it. Is that something that you see with your clients as well? Yes. So this was just one, I mean, example that I gave. There's another example. That lady is so controlling that, um, you know, as much, how much he has to eat. Even a simple thing like what we take for granted of, you know, eating. That's also been controlled by the wife. Hmm. And even whom he can speak to, he cannot even make a normal call. Even if he has to call his parents, they are in a nuclear setup. The parents are living separately. He really has to call up his parents. He has to take her permission. Can I call up my parents now? So that's the kind of abuse. So we don't view it as abuse, but it, this is a kind of abuse. Mm, Anything absolutely. where one human being is controlling the other human being. It cannot be gender specific. It can be a woman. It can be a man. So anywhere there, where there is a control factor, control factor as in do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. That's a kind of abuse, which we cannot recognize. But I think it's high time that these things come to light and they come out in the open and people talk about it in the open. Correct. Absolutely. There is a lot of resistance coming for counseling as well. Like I cannot counsel only one partner. I need the other partner also to come in for that partner to understand because I'm the third party intervention that one partner has come to. But I would like to speak to the other partner as well. So very rare that the other partner comes in. They are very resistant. So then I have to work through this particular partner, whoever comes seeking help, like in this case, the husband. So I have to work through the husband to feel better. So that he feels better and he has a productive and healthy life for himself and as a family unit. Because this then spills over to the children also. Correct. And it's a vicious cycle. Yes, it's a vicious cycle that keeps going on. So the cycle needs to be broken somewhere. How, how does somebody who's listening to this right now get the idea saying, oh, 
I am in an abusive relationship or a friend of mine, I've noticed this behavior is in an abusive relationship. Are there like check marks or something that they should look out for? Yeah, so something like this, like I uh, just spoke about in my example, whereby, you know, one partner is controlling the other. Supposing the wife is controlling the husband all the time, you cannot go out, you cannot socialize, you cannot speak to your friends. You can eat only X amount of food, drink only so much. If he's drinking or smoking, he has these kind of habits. There also, of course, it's for his own betterment. But live and let live. Why not? So there are certain markers where, you know, there is control issues. Hmm. Basic bottom line is control issues. That's, those are the uh, red flags, so to speak, where you feel you've been controlled. And how does someone then take the next step and, uh, you know, start the conversation with their wife or with their partner? So probably if they are not feeling confident enough to start the conversation on their own, they can seek help. Come to a mental health specialist, someone like me, who can uh, you know help them how to communicate. So first, like a role play, I can do in my clinical session itself. Now tell me how you would speak to your wife. How would you uh, make her aware of your feelings and your emotions, your needs, your desires? Even in the sexual space, there is one couple where the wife is denying the husband sex. Why? Because it's dirty. Or even if she allows him to perform the act, but she's like just lying there like a dead duck. Mm. Do what you want to do. But that's not happening. Mm. There's a bond. There is, there's a connection. And uh, sex is a, a natural bodily need. That's another thing that I want to bring to life. Mm. Like we have our normal bodily needs of eating, drinking, shitting, sleeping. Sex is also a very vital bodily function. And I don't think, of course, it has to be consensual. No one can mm. force anyone about it. But it is a very vital part of marriage. And you cannot Correct. deny the opposite partner of this. Then there are a lot of uh, cases of strain, of infidelity. Mm. Mm. That's another thing that is coming to light as well. Correct. To these cases. Yeah. And it's one thing that translates into something else. It just keeps snowballing into different, different kinds of issues. Correct. Because you're avoiding. You're just avoiding. That avoidance mm. behavior. Like I said, mm. you're pushing it under the carpet. And the carpet mm. is growing and growing and growing. And right. then it just explodes. Before going ahead, we'll take a quick break. And we are back. How have some people gotten out of this kind of an emotionally abusive relationship? In two cases. One is that somebody has left the relationship and somebody has actually made the relationship work after realizing that they were in an abusive relationship. Uh, very honestly, people who've seeked help with me, they have made it work. They have come to either a compromise and a kind of a win-win situation by communication. And then, you know, I give them some kind of homework steps. Like I said, writing, what are the triggers, communicating by doing role play in my sessions. So through all these aspects, slowly but surely, of course, it doesn't happen in a snap. And I don't have a magic wand mm. to wheel magic. But yes, through a few sessions, they learn how to speak to their, communicate to their partner. I would even do things practically. Maybe sometimes I've suggested that they have couple meet time, hmm. whereby they go out station and they talk about their issues. Maybe the wife also might be having certain issues. See, because we cannot clap with one hand. It's always with two hands. So maybe the wife is also having some issues. Like the case I said about uh, sex, that wife is denying the husband's sex. So she goes, no, it's dirty. Lust is sinful. I cannot. So she's just put up her hands. So the husband says, I can't do anything about it. So for, in that respect, I would have to, you know, look elsewhere. 
for uh, sexual satisfaction. Absolutely. Which is not a good idea, but then can't help it. A mm. man needs his sexual needs to be fulfilled. Yeah, because I've also spoken to clients of mine, for example, who've been in situations very similar where their wife had been abused earlier on and not by them, by somebody else in their early life. Yeah. And as a result for them, sex was not something that they wanted to do, right? Because it was always associated with that pain that they were carrying. It is very often pain that we have not come to terms with, dealt with, that comes out in behavior like this. Just like you said, you know, a person who is being abusive to the to husband also must be going through something in order to be doing that. It is not yeah. just uh, just for kicks, right? Yeah. So we have to, it, it's this communication, like you said, we have to understand what it is. You have to unearth these things. It almost become like an archaeologist to move that I settled upon everything to find out what it is that is causing all of this, right? And uh, And I think the most important aspect and the reason why I wanted to have this conversation is to make men understand that this takes place, right? Very often when we feel like we're in a situation like this, we suddenly say that we feel emasculate, right? We feel that it is an attack on our manhood, that uh, we are weaklings. Like you just said, other aspects of your life fail because this particular one has just completely taken over your life. How How should a man start thinking about these aspects? Uh, what kind of aspects? Uh, so the aspect of emasculation, for example, or oh. not feeling manly. So in our Indian society, we've always uh, seen, you know, there are many examples. I'm sure even you must have gone through the same. That boys don't cry. It's mm. absolutely fine. You know, just talking through examples. Correct. So boys don't cry. Boys don't play with dolls. Boys don't play with uh, doll houses. So these are the set gender role models that we have set over the years, I think that needs to be broken. That's the first thing. When you have a male kid in the house, let him play with dolls. Let him play with those, you know, tiny kitchen sets, the doll houses, whatever pleases him, even soft toys. Nowadays, we see a lot of these little boys playing with soft toys. It's absolutely fine. It's just a toy. There is nothing wrong in that. Or similarly for a girl. A girl can play with guns, can play with cars, with bikes. So don't set gender-specific, uh, you know, roles or set gender-specific toys, gender-specific games, these kind of. And even further on, if a grown-up man comes to me for help like this, it's absolutely fine. There are so many guys who have sat and cried in my sessions because over the years, it's all built up within. So just crying, nothing else, just crying out makes them feel so much lighter. In fact, I read somewhere, I'm very much into spirituality, so I've read somewhere that crying actually heals your soul mm. and it washes away all the pain that you have garnered over the years. So it's, it's a kind of an emotional release. So it's Correct. absolutely fine to cry. It's absolutely fine to speak. There are many a times that people cannot speak. Mm. I'm a man. That's the Hmm. worst disease in our society. Hmm. What will people think? That people are not paying our bills. It's absolutely fine. Do what you want to do. As long as you're not doing anything that is harmful, anything that is unethical, otherwise you are free to do what you want. We're living in a free democracy. Hmm. Anywhere in the world. Why only India? It's like when you said, like men are not allowed to cry. And um, so we started a support group on Telegram for people because right now they're so stressful, the situation that everyone's going through right now. 
another lockdown being announced. People didn't know what yes. to do. So I said, let's start a support group. So we have some 100, 120 people on it right now. And it's so interesting. One of the boys was talking. He was saying that um, I can't find a job. And he was in that situation. Just finished the exams. And he was saying, I just want to cry. I just want to cry. I want to cry. So we all gave him permission. Go ahead and cry. You know, he was just looking, I think, for a little bit of that permission saying it's fine. He said that go cry as much as you want today. But from tomorrow onwards, you get up, you wash your face, comb your hair and get on with life. That attitude is important. You cry. Sure, of course, it's important. But you can't spend the rest of your life doing that. Absolutely not. Hmm. And get over that pity party. The pity party is the worst. Not to get into the pity party at all. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, you were talking about communication as a way out, right? Of situations like this. How do you communicate with somebody who doesn't want to listen to you? So, uh, I know it's a very difficult thing. Mm. But like I said, first you start with, uh, you know, a counselor, a therapist. You uh, kind of have a role play session with him or her in the session. And depending on the mood of the spouse, like uh, for in this example, like a guy is having a problem with his wife being controlled. So you just check how her mood is doing because there are a lot of hormonal things happening. Maybe the lady is PMSing, she's going through perimenopause phase or menopause. So depending on the situation and her mood or whatever it is, just sit down, relax. Nothing between tasks and chores of the house or anything. Just very gently and lovingly tell her that, look, I don't like you talking to me like this. I don't like you telling me to do X, Y, Z things. I want to do my own thing and please accept it. Teach her the uh, way of acceptance ahead. Yes, this has been building over the years, so it will not happen easily, like I said earlier as well. But make that effort. Tell her how you're feeling. Tell her about your emotions, your feelings, uh, even your desires, what you're looking forward to in life. Supposing if you're looking out for a job right now, you could just tell her that please be very supportive and helpful. If you'd like, I'll make my resume. You can go through my resume and tell me where I could add some more value to my resume. If you want me to learn a new skill, probably I could do that. I could suggest a new skill. Because, you know, upgradation of skills is also very important right now. So not necessarily you have to be stuck in your traditional uh, role of a CA, a lawyer, or XYZ profession. But you can upgrade your skills during this point of time. There is no harm at all. And actually, you can be your own entrepreneur and start something on your own. Something simple like, even if you are inclined towards cooking, you could start cooking at home and, you know, providing meals to people around. So you can have that kind of a very normal kind of a conversation and then weave things in. But please accept me the way I am and what I'm doing and accept my family. And of course, if they're not staying together, I don't think there should be a problem out there. Like she is free to talk to her people and her friends. Similarly, I'm free to talk to my people and my friends and my social. Don't be um, kind of a, a bhagi kind of thing that, no, no, I'm going to do this only now. Now you see, now I'm mm. going to go out and party and I'm going to smoke and I'm going to drink and I'm going to move on. That's not right. happening. That way then, you know, you're stretching the rubber band too far. It's going to snap. Mm. So step by step, of course, something that is permissible, which you will know what your partner likes and is like. Step by step, make your things vocal, basically. Just make yourself vocal. Correct. And verbalize what you're feeling or what you're doing. And tell her, I don't appreciate The uh, words that you use are very important. I don't appreciate this. I don't appreciate that. 
that kind of thing. But then don't go on and on and on. Mm. You can just start with one, two things to begin with. Slowly weave it in. Don't show that change immediately. Uh, make it a very gradual change. Whereby the partner will also be ready to walk around it. Probably she might just come in for counseling also. She's aware that you're taking care. Correct. Very, very interesting. Um, if I can just just condense these points together, the first one is please pick your time when you actually make a con- attempt of conversation. Very often our timing sucks. We end up choosing the wrong time. Somebody's tired. Somebody's already grumpy. Somebody has just finished working. So please make sure that the environment that you set for communication is important. The second aspect is many men don't communicate well because we don't feel that it is something that we need to do or know how to do. We have to try and make that little uh, effort in understanding communication because this is the only way that you can actually get your point across. She's not a mind reader. She's not going to understand what you're going through. The other important thing is that not to make it into a blame game. You can very well turn into a blame game. Right? You have said that choose the words carefully. I don't appreciate this is different from you always do this to me. You never make me feel nice. Right? These are exactly the words that she's probably using on you to communicate or, or use emotional abuse. These are, these are red flags in any case when it comes to the words being used. Never, always, words like that. So don't get into that game at all. Don't blame somebody. Get your point of view across. And finally, and the most important, I think, is tying all of this together is don't become a nag about this and then don't turn it into a tit for tat, eye for an eye, because that's going to turn the world blind. Like you are doing this to me, now you watch what I do. You tell me not to drink, I'll finish the bottle. You tell me not to do this, I will break this. Right? Because that is not the way anything is getting resolved. Did I manage to condense everything that you said? Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Lovely. Lovely. Because this is so, so, so critical. I know many, many people who are stuck in this kind of a rut, in this kind of a relationship. And I hope this podcast gives you hope that you can get out of it. This is not the rest of your life should be like. Right? I wish I had this wisdom years ago. I didn't. But I hope that we can learn about this, share about this, because emotional abuse, especially amongst men, is a topic that is now being spoken about. Right? And we need to understand that we need to spread the word. We need to help friends who are in, in relationships like this. It is not something that is healthy. It's not something that is worth it for the rest of our lives. Right? And it's never too late to change. And it's evolve. never too late to change. Yeah, you have the rest of your life. Right? Do you want to spend the rest of your life feeling like this or do you want to spend the rest of your life living? So important. Yoshita, any ending thoughts on this particular topic that we can leave our listeners with? Uh, not really, but don't keep quiet. Do seek help as in when you can, as in when you feel comfortable to share. That's very important. And yes, like I said, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to evolve. So even if you're 50 or 60 or even 70 for that matter, it's never too late. Correct. I love this. No, it's never too late. 60 or so, yes, go for it. Have the next few years as the best years so far. Brilliant. Right. Yoshida, thank you so much for coming on the Habit Coach Podcast. I absolutely loved it. How can people get in touch with you to either come and meet you or follow the fantastic work that you're doing? Okay. So there are two contact details I can leave you with. One is my email ID, which I think Ashley you can share via podcast. Okay. Uh, shall I Just share repeat it right once now? more? Yes, yes. Okay. It's why as in Yoshita, Dave03 at gmail.com. And my telephone number, which you can connect with me via WhatsApp, hmm. is 9833930394. 
Okay, thank perfect. You. So we'll put both of those apps in the podcast as well. Sure. All right, super. Thank you, Yoshida. Thank you. So start these habits and share with us your progress using the hashtag #TheHabitCoach. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashtin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website awesome180.com or check out different content on my YouTube channel called A W E S O M E 180. That's Awesome 180.